It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. You're listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. It's Wednesday. It's high noon. High noon, everybody. Woo! I will be joined very soon by my co-host, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Wayne. Today on the AltaCast, exciting new drug policy reform news. Uh, we've got we've got our we've got our person on the inside. We've got our lady on the inside of drug policy making here in the United States. Yes, so uh, this is going to be a new uh, feature we're going to do every week. We're going to straight from uh, straight from the lion's mouth. Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, refuses to reschedule marijuana. Ah! Breaking news! Bad news! Uh, major decision, federal court affirms war on medical pot is over. In a major legal decision, a federal appeals court ruled that the United States government's war on medical cannabis is effectively defunded. All right. The United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit has affirmed a lower court ruling that the Department of Justice cannot spend any funds prosecuting people complying with state legal medical cannabis laws. We therefore conclude that a minimum congressional law prohibits Department of Justice from spending funds for the prosecution of individuals who engage in conduct permitted by the state medical marijuana laws and who fully complied with such laws, the decision states. It was filed today. 
Since California started in 1996, 37 states now have some form of medical cannabis law. The Department of Justice under President Obama has spent hundreds of millions of dollars interfering with state medical marijuana systems, advocates say. In 2014, Representative Dana Rochbacher and Sam Farr used the power of the purse to end the war on medical weed, defunding federal interference in state systems. Since then, U.S. attorneys have sought to narrow the definition of interference to allow for continued medical marijuana-related prosecutions. Prosecutors had argued congressional law only forbids them from intimidating state regulators. But federal prosecutors were dealt a stunning rebuke from Judge Charles Breyer in a lower court ruling in October. Judge Breyer said the congressional law is clear, no interference. Now the Ninth Circuit has weighed in ruling on a handful of federal cases where the so-called Rockbauer Farr Amendment could apply. The Ninth Circuit ruled that federal prosecutions of lawful state actors amounts to interference because it prevents the state from giving practice giving practical effect to its laws providing for non-prosecution of individuals who engage in the permitted conduct. The precedent-setting circuit ruling from the three judges, Diarmid uh, F. O. Scanlon, Barry G. Silverman, and Carlos T. B., uh, place a dome of legal protection over all lawful state-level medical cannabis conduct in its jurisdiction. The precedent promises to be raised throughout the country in similar cases, legal experts now say. Congress is now at work on a bipartisan law to make permanent the ceasefire on medical marijuana under the Careers Act. Last week, the DEA concluded cannabis should remain a Schedule One drug <laughs> deemed to have no medical use and a high potential for abuse. A, major, a super majority of Americans support safe access to medical marijuana, recent polls find. Oakland attorney Robert Reich a veteran cannabis litigator says judges have been ignoring congressional law and the new ruling makes the issue clear. Finally, the Ninth Circuit is providing clarity and overruling a number of district court judges that were ignoring the will of Congress, he said. This decision indicates that the federal government should stop its attack on state legal cannabis providers and allow the states to create and implement a framework that serve the medical needs of their citizens. Yeah! That's good. Hey, Latoya, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. So that was that was a really great news story. Um, that, and so this is the the second. It's all connected. So the DEA is digging its heels in the federal court and saying medical marijuana is uh, bad. Now the 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 major court decision says, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, because hey, there. Okay. I just watched. That's so funny that we're talking about this. I just watched. Um, there's a show on Vice called Weedikit. Oh, and they just were talking about this um, and how the DA and what have you um, basically, you know, it's a way to make money and profit off. You know, if you lock up people with medical, any kind of medical marijuana, that's still since it's still classified as schedule one, they can still use that against you and throw you in jail at any point in time. And also, yeah, which there's also that domino effect of, you know, prisons make money off bodies right right and you know the most people now do carry some kind of you know marijuana of some sort i got some really good weed today yeah i'm i'm blown right now yeah sweet Uh, yeah but i mean uh, you know funny that 
you know, I just watched that documentary and yeah. This so is, this is our new. We have a new. We have a person on the inside. Melissa Moore works for drug policy uh, reform. Wonderful. And so she's going to be sending us amazing breaking like news this. clips. Nice. That's every good. week. So we can spread some knowledge. I'm really excited that the the, the this ninth district court has said, hey, no interference with state laws. Defund state laws. Defund the federal war on drugs. But at the same time, the DEA is saying. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Marijuana is still a Schedule 1 drug. Yeah, we got to lock some niggas up. And Schedule, (laughs) we have to remind people, Schedule 1 means that it has no medicinal benefit whatsoever. It has a high abuse issue problem. Death. Death. Okay, so heroin. It's there with heroin. Heroin is Schedule 1. Meth. Meth, yeah, Yeah. because there's no medical uh, properties. I believe cocaine is. Probably crack, too. Crack. Schedule one. You know, oh, yeah. you know you crack, know crack is. Schedule one. You know. <laughs> you don't even have to ask. Yeah. So crack is Schedule 1. But so marijuana is right up there. And, yeah. And, a highly addictive, you and, know. And although, you know, I smoke weed all day, every day, all the time, yep. I don't necessarily call it addictive i no no i'm not saying marijuana oh no but that they're saying yeah yeah yeah. and that's the that's the whole rat reefer madness kind of thing you know and i it's so i was again on the documentary i was watching in louisiana they were talking about this man i forgot his name who got he had under the three strikes law Uh uh-huh which we have here as well right he um got you know he got some uh got in trouble in the early in the 90s well, he got arrested for having two joints back in 2010. Oh, and, and that was the third strike? Yes. Two joints? Two joints. He got 13 years. Oh, my God. This is in the state of Louisiana. That's insane. So, exactly. And the state of Louisiana is one of the f- most um, uh, influential states that have the for-profit prisons. Oh. So... That trickle-down effect of, you know, locking people up for 13. Originally, he was supposed to be locked up for five years, but the DA, the district attorney, um, there's money involved with this, of course, as well. And um, basically, they're like, no, we want him for the full maximum of 13 years. So oh. he's getting 13 years for two joints and so has a family. The family's no broken way. apart and all that stuff. So they're trying to overturn it. But that was well, in and, 2010. And that's, I mean, that's what this... Uh, Drug Policy Alliance and and what they're trying to do with drug law reform is reduce harm. That causes more harm. Exactly. Sending a person to jail for 13 years for two joints causes so much harm. It's breaking it's up the reality. family. Yeah, breaking exa- up, I mean, that's insane. It's how much insane. harm it causes to so many people. It's yeah. Over. So, 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 In the name of what? In the name of marijuana is terrible, and it's like, why would we destroy lives? I, I, I don't understand it. Still this, you know, and I, I'm glad I live in a state where, you know, we do have the three strikes law here, but we, our marijuana laws are very, very, very mild. You know, you will not get locked up for two joints here. No, no, But yeah. it's just scary if you go outside your home state, you don't know. Well, what's the Texas thing? That a handful of weed is a felony. But whose hand? I have tiny hands. So if it's, but if you, if you are... You have big hands, well, you know, but so, but a handful? How arbitrary? Exactly. How stupid. Well, it's Texas, so. <laughs> uh, for more than 40 years, the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, has fueled mass incarceration, wasted taxpayer money, and blocked scientific research. It's time for a change. Uh, it's time to fire the DEA. That's what 
Drug Policy Alliance is saying. Here's some facts. The DEA was created in 1973 to enforce federal drug laws. The results have been devastating. Wasted resources, mass incarceration, racial disparities, civil rights violations, and scandal after scandal. Treating drug use as a criminal justice issue instead of a health issue has led to disaster. Yet Congress has rarely scrutinized the agency, its actions, or its budget. The facts. The DEA is a pivotal player in the war on drugs, but this war is a failure. <laughs> the drug war pushes for a drug-free world, but history shows that prohibition doesn't work. The drug war wastes law enforcement resources by packing prisons with mostly low and mid-level offenders. We were just talking about. The Federal Bureau of Prisons is operating at nearly 140% capacity. Wow. Wow. Those There's are like new plantations. 140% capacity. There's 40 extra percent people. Yeah. That don't need to be. Costing $7 billion a year. We're paying for that. Half the people locked up are there are for nothing more than a drug law violation. Two-thirds of women are there for non-violent drug offenses. Most are mothers. Harm reduction. Let's get back to harm reduction. Oh, we're so worried about drugs. Non, non-violent drug offense. But let's split up a family. Yeah, family the, values. <laughs> right? Well, that's right. Family that's the, values. That's the irony of the whole thing. Only 10% of people convicted of federal drug law violations are high-level suppliers. Yeah. So, so the, the other 90% are like selling, you know, some... It's doobage. either sell, they're selling dime bags or personal use, basically. Right. They're not getting the main man. They're yeah. never getting the main man because the main man has pocket, has money with right. the DEA. So. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And the cops and all this. Right. The drug war has created staggering racial disparities. Black people and Latinos use and sell drugs at similar rates to white people but they're disproportionately targeted for arrest and punished more harshly. Mm-hmm. Yep, speak it. That's true. The same... Oh, this is That's interesting. Because... Uh, As we smoke the right now. Same, the same... It's the same ratio of people. It doesn't matter what color you are. Everyone uses drugs about the same. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I like your, your top, by the way. I just Thank wanted to you, say that. That's Warren. really hot. Thank you. Uh, one of my nanny ladies uh, gave gave both of them to me. She gave me the that's cute. The the pants are from Eloisa Bravo. The shirt and the vest are from Lauren. Hey, I'm Lauren. looking fly today, y'all. We're, All right. you. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. We can interrupt this though. We well, can interrupt it with some Lauren business for a second. She sent me a text yesterday, and I was so happy. I miss her children very much. Uh, but she said that she's been reading a lot of potty books lately, and that mine is the best. She's, and she had to text. She texted me. She said, Jude likes this book the best. She's like, you have the best book. It's the most fun to read. And I'm like, Influence. yeah. Well, it's just nice that, I mean, it just means that I need to get off my tuchus and get this book published because, I mean, many people have said, many children have been raised and have learned how to use the potty on this rhyme. And I love it. And it's hysterical. And uh, did you make it up when you were high? <laughs> I'm sure I did. Um. I can't imagine that I wouldn't have. Uh, I mean, I don't even. I wrote that in like my first year of graduate school, so I think it was like 2008 or something. Oh wow! It's been a long time, so I don't remember what my process was like back then. Uh, I'm sure I've always been smoking weed though. So, uh, so they were 
So going back we're, to yeah, the, we're going uh, back to sorry, staggering guys. racial disparities. Uh, <laughs> I've never been punished for weed, so it's been pretty awesome. Once convicted, people of color can be legally discriminated against and denied employment, food stamps, education, student loans, or other forms of public assistance, housing, and the right to vote. We yeah. forget that felons don't get to do a lot of things. Yeah, it's and it's and again, it was built that way because the Nixon administration. He's the one that created the war on drugs. And the DEA, because it was during his, it was right before he got administration, yeah. The DEA helped create this disparity. They encouraged racial profiling in the 1980s and pressured local and state law enforcement to adopt their methods. We, this this is, and what is, the DEA is is a federal, they're, they're supposed to be the people that are keeping us safe from the drugs do you remember as a kid like watching tv back like in the 80s or in in the early 90s of watching the news and you would see like all these um people on crack and like or people could get arrested for crack and and what did they all look like uh black yeah <laughs> so, so it was kind of like a mental mind fuck to show people how black people and brown people are kind of like the boogeyman like they're the ones that are going to give you your, your drugs yeah get you, the crack be scared the, be scared yeah be scared of the black man and, and <laughs> exactly or they're going to start with the marijuana you know? right 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 the um jonathan showed me the other night this really crazy 1990 um it was george uh, original bush and barbara bush are sitting on a couch and then they introduce this um amazing cartoon that has all the cartoons it has bugs bunny it has pooh bear it has alvin and the chipmunks it has he-man it has it has everybody it has My Little Pony. Everybody. I don't think it was My Little Pony. We gem. were so high. No gem. I don't think there were Little Ponies. But they were all... I mean, it was insane. Was Mickey there? Disney was involved. Yeah, there was a lot of Disney stuff. Because the Pooh Bear thing was definitely Oh, yeah, Winnie involved. the Pooh, yeah. And the, and the I, Winnie the Pooh Bear comes alive. And there's the little girl sister. And, she, and they're like... He's acting weird, and there's a smoke monster that follows him around, and first he does a little marijuana and gets introduced to it, and then he starts doing harder drugs. And all it's like all, it's the say no to drugs. It was, thank you, Jonathan, for making me watch it. That propaganda. Yeah, look it up. It's really, um, it's funny if you're smoking weed. It's really, really, really <laughs> I funny. have to check this out. It's almost as good as watching the Mr. T PSAs or the Just Say No this is your brain on drugs when you watch that stone because it's the irony of it because that came out like when i guess i know you were in school and i was in school like the whole dare and oh yeah just say no and this the fear nancy the fear of like you know don't don't smoke don't do marijuana don't do don't do anything like the propaganda that was pushed into oh there were the gummy bears were too uh Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, 1990. The plot chronicles the exploits of Michael, a teenager who is using marijuana and stealing his father's beer. His younger sister... Yeah, I'll read the little thingy. 
His younger sister, Corey, is worried about him, and that's when Pooh Bear comes alive, because he started acting differently. When her piggy bank goes missing, her cartoon tie-in <laughs> toys come to life and help her find it. After discovering it in Michael's room along with his stash of drugs, the various cartoon characters proceed to work together to take him on a fantasy journey to teach him the risks and consequences of a life of drug use that can bring and save the world. I'm already laughing because I'm getting a visual of this already. Oh, it's 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 great. <laughs> I'll I'll turn the I'll turn the sound off just so you can we'll just leave it in the background here just sort of playing. Um, but it, it opens with uh, Barbara Bush and and George Bush. See there they are. You love them. She just oh. looks like a matronly old freak. She I still mean, looks that way. Is she she's still alive? Yeah. Oh my they goodness. Both are. Ugh, I just can't handle George, any bushes. Any bushes. Ah, ah, ah. He wasn't he that he was in charge of the FBI for a while or something like that. Yeah. Um, They're part of it. They're all part of it. And they like to get high. Everybody likes to get high. The DEA is more interested in maintaining failed drug policies than making decisions based on scientific evidence. Despite overwhelming scientific evidence in support of marijuana's medical benefits, the DEA still classifies marijuana as a Schedule One drug. Schedule One. The most dangerous, no currently accepted medical use, high potential for abuse. And they consistently block research efforts, making it impossible for scientists to put marijuana through clinical trials to demonstrate it meets FDA standards for medical safety and efficacy. Uh, so why do we I, give them billions of dollars? Look, here you go. Look, it starts with the Smurfs, starts with the morning Papa Smurfs. Smurfs. And uh, it's Saturday morning. I, I remember, I mean, you were you were a lot younger. This I mean, nineteen ninety here. I was, was a me. sophomore in high school. Uh, nineteen ninety, I was eight. Yeah, so, so I this was aimed toward me. Yeah, this is for you. This was not I mean, I Smurfs. Fuck the Smurfs. I love the fucking Smurfs. I had oh, oh I, they're so smurfy. I had so much I had a smurf sheet. I had Ooh. smurf like lunchbox. Yeah, I was one of those kids. Yeah, that's uh, Kermit Alf. Alf. Yeah, oh, Alf's in I it. Love so Alf. I, you guys really, you really need to look it up. Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. Garfield's in it. Uh, Garfield has Garfield. the munchies. And I constantly, you, he constantly talks about lasagna. Yeah. And uh, I bet and you Shaggy funny. ain't in this shit. No, there was no Shaggy. There's no Shaggy. Uh, anyways, Cartoon All Stars. You guys look it up. 1990. Thanks I love the fact that we are now going to get like fresh information like this. You know, oh yeah. You know, the fact of the matter is like you know, especially we got the the um, we got our we got our lady on the inside. Yeah. 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 And especially with the election coming up. Oh, with uh, here in California to make it legal. You know, I think it's really important because especially if you go outside of the state. Because if you're going to go outside, if you want to be careful, basically, crossing state lines. Well, so yeah, crossing state. So, but here's some of the here's some of the questionable things that the uh, the DEA has done. The DEA and the Justice Department secretly tracked billions of international phone calls made by U.S. residents for decades. This formed the basis of post 9/11 spying programs. The DEA agents participating in the Justice Department's Fast and Furious scandal smuggled or laundered millions in drug profits for Mexican cartels as part of a sting operation. Told you. Yep. What? Scandalous, motherfuckers. Scandalous. 
Keep going. Questionable operations in 2015, the DE agents seized $16,000 in cash from a young black man because they mistakenly assumed he was a drug seller. <laughs> this practice known as civil asset forfeiture allows the DEA to take your property without charging the owner with a crime. I wish y'all could see me shaking my head right now. <laughs> that is doing. They're a bunch horrific. of gangsters. $16,000 in cash from a young black man because he was black. He could have been taking that to go buy a car. He could have been saving that forever in a box under his bed. And he finally was going out to do, he could be paying off a credit card Something. debt. He could be it putting a, a, a down payment on a house. He could be paying his rent for a full Tuition? year. You don't know. Sh- you don't, mm. Yeah. I know. Uh, the DEA is a bunch of gangsters. Civil asset forfeiture. They can take the pro- without charging you of a crime. They can walk in here and say, oh, we're taking that." Like they could just walk in and take our little our little box of, of uh, our little jar of money and say, it's oh, a, I'm, "I'm sorry." It's giving them permission to steal. The- thieves, thieves, thieves. Yeah, man, gangsters for real. The DEA is trying to gain access to private medical database containing the prescription records of more than a million people. Oh, they want to know what drugs we're on. As long as it's Prozac and Ambien, they don't give a fuck. Sex scandals. Ooh. Getting, getting, here we go. Several DEA agents allegedly participated in orgies with sex workers hired by Colombian drug cartels. Some also received money, gifts, and weapons from the traffickers. Wow. Wow. Injuries and death. In 2012, the DEA detained 23-year-old Daniel Chong but then forgot about him. He was locked in a windowless cell with no food or water for five days and drank his own urine to survive. Good Lord. They forgot about him. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. My bad. We can click on any of these and have the full story. (laughs) I'm surprised. Daniel Chong, forgotten in DEA cell, settles suit for 4.1 million. Good for you. This is from CNN, you guys. This is from August 1st, 2013. I'd never heard this. Daniel Chong, forgotten in DEA cell, settles suit for $1.4 million. A University of California, San Diego. UC San Diego, my alma mater. A UC San Diego student left unmonitored in a holding cell for five days by the Drug Enforcement Administration has settled a lawsuit for $4.1 million, his attorney said. This was a mistake of unbelievable and unimaginable proportions, attorney Julia Yu said on Tuesday. Daniel Chong, 25, drank his own urine to survive and even wrote a farewell note to his mother before authorities discovered him severely dehydrated after a 2012 drug raid in San Diego. He was held in a five by 10 foot cell. (gasps) He couldn't even lay down. I guess he'd have to go crossways. He was held in a five by 10 foot cell with no windows, but with a peephole through the door. It had a thick concrete walls and was situated in a narrow hallway with four other cells, cells isolated from the rest of the DEA facility, said Eugene Iredale, another one of Chong's attorneys. There was no toilet, only a metal bench on which he stood in a futile attempt to set off the sprinkler system with his cuffed hands. Chong told CNN affiliate KSWB. He kicked the door and yelled anything to get someone's attention, the station reported. I was screaming. I was completely insane, he told KWSB. 
One matter is still unclear why no one heard him. Chong told the UC... Uh, I mean, the San Diego Union Tribune last year, that he heard footsteps, muffled voices, and the opening and closing of cell doors, even uh, the adjacent cell from his. And yet no one responded to the ruckus coming from inside his cell. Chong was detained on the morning of April 21st, 2012, when DEA agents raided a house they suspected that was being used to distribute MDMA, commonly known as ecstasy. A multi-agent narcotics task force, including state agents, detained nine people and seized about 18,000 ecstasy pills, marijuana, prescription medications, hallucinogenic mushrooms, several guns, and thousands of rounds of ammunition from the house, according to the DEA. I want some of the MDA. Yeah, MDMA. <laughs> it wasn't until the afternoon of Wednesday, April 25th, that an agent opened the steel door to Chong's cell and found the handcuffed student... Uh, found, wow, Iredale said last year. Upon his release, Mr. Chong told CNN affiliate KNSD that he was visiting a friend and knew nothing about the presence of drugs and guns. He was never formally arrested or charged, the DEA said. While detained, Chong had given up and accepted death, using a shard of glass from his glasses to carve Sorry Mom into his arm as a farewell message. Aww. You you said Chong lost 15 pounds and suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, she said. He's the strongest person I ever met, you said. As a result of his case, it's one of the primary reasons the DEA placed a nationwide policy that calls on each agent at satellite offices to check on the well-being of prisoners in their cells on a daily basis. Duh! A DEA spokeswoman declined to comment of course she ex- did. extensively about the settlement and told... Uh, CNN that review of DEA procedures was conducted and submitted to the Inspector General's Office at the Department of Justice, uh, who they're in cahoots with. She also referred CNN to a previous statement. I am deeply troubled by the incident that occurred there, said the DEA San Diego Special Agent in charge, William R. Sherman, shortly after the incident. I I extend my deepest apologies to the young man and want to express that this event is not indicative of the high standards that I hold my employees to. Since the incident, Chong has returned to complete his undergraduate degree at UC San Diego. You said he changed his major from engineering to economics and wants to finish school, pursue his career so he can take care of his mother. That's... And no accountability. No fucking accountability. So they can do this... I mean, they're probably still doing this shit. Here's another death. In 2010, DEA agents arrested Alberto Arriaga. He said the agents had beaten him up and complained of abdominal pain. He died 16 hours later with broken ribs in 21 places. The coroner ruled his death a homicide, but DEA has refused to cooperate with investigators. So they beat him up and he said, ah, this really hurts. He had internal bleeding and he died. No accountability. I'm never fans of meeting people who work for the DEA because they're always assholes. Have you ever met anyone from the DEA? I've never met anyone from the DEA. I've met a couple people. Never met a DEA agent. They're fucking assholes. I, I'm, you have I would to, never want to talk to them. I do drugs every day. <laughs> but the thing is the hypocrisy of some of these DEA agents. It's, it's just, it's, well, you know. We should read the orgy story. Oh, let's, totally. Let's read the orgy story. That I mean, I love the hypocrisy there. That's or or the the should we read that taking so sixteen thousand dollars in cash from or that's too depressing. <laughs> uh, let's the, the sex scandal is a good one. Uh, this is the the orgy story. This also comes from uh, it comes from Politico.com. 
Oh, I like political. Uh, That's a shout out. And uh, this is from 3-26-15. DEA agents had sex parties with prostitutes, Watchdog said. Agents at the Drug Enforcement Agency reportedly had sex parties with prostitutes hired by drug cartels in Colombia, according to a new Inspector General report released by the Justice Department on Thursday. Why am I not surprised? Of course they told the Justice Department. In addition to Colombian police officers allegedly providing protection for the DEA agents' weaponry and property during the parties, the the report states, 10 DEA agents later admitted attending the parties, and some of the agents received suspension of 2 to 10 days. Oh, that's lovely. The stunning allegations are part of an investigation by the Justice Department's Inspector General into claims of sexual harassment and misconduct within the DEA, FBI, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, and the U.S. Marshals Service. The IG's office found that the DEA did not fully cooperate with its probe. The Congressional Committee charged with federal oversight has already promising hearings and an investigation into the allegations. Something, something's happening. Something is happening. I, some, oh, there it is. Okay, somebody, they changed this microphone and I don't know why the other day. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. It's going so well. Interference from the DEA. Oh, they're listening. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. I want to give a okay, shout out. Okay, that's better. I don't know why they changed this microphone, because I like this one way better. I can hear you. Much yeah, better. it's way better. Okay, uh, political oversight, but you can't ignore this. This is terribly embarrassing and fundamentally not right, the Utah Republican said. We need to understand what's happening with the culture. Anytime you bring a foreign national into your room, you're asking for trouble. Oh, so they didn't have a problem with the sex parties. They had a problem with the Colombian drug lords. Uh, we have to understand... Uh, an issue by issue what is happening we need to understand how these people are being held accountable there should be no question about the severity of the punishment Shafet said I don't care how senior the person is they're gonna have to let these people go <laughs> you're, you're not you're not allowed to have and the oversight panel is also investigating allegations into the service that agents there hired prostitutes in Colombia while advancing a trip for President Barack Obama uh, so what's with the prostitutes in Colombia? Are they super hot or like? Yeah, I mean, any kind of hoes. I mean, men like hoes. Men like pussy. So, so and, there we and, go. and plus, you know, I'm sure they're beautiful too. And it's a Colombian drug lord. So yeah. you got a story to tell your boys. <laughs> These are the kind of people that work for the DEA. Those boys, like those assholes, that were like, yeah, I'll fuck a hoe, whatever. Oh, we got another story. Yeah, DEA steals 16 grand in cash from young black man because he must be a drug dealer. Oh, look, we have a caller. Here, we have a caller on the air. Caller. I like surprises. Let's see who it is. Oh, hey, sweet girl, we're going through some stuff. uh, I I can't uh, put you on right now because we're going through some drug information. But you, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) False alarm. Oh, we can't handle, I can't handle, she doesn't listen, she has no idea, like, at least last week, George was listening, and he knew what we were talking about, right. but she just has no idea what's going 
After scraping together enough money to produce a music video in Hollywood, 22-year-old Joseph Rivers set out last month on a train trip from Michigan to Los Angeles, hoping to start something big. Before he made it to California, however, Rivers fell victim to a legal form of government highway robbery. Rivers changed train at the Amtrak station in Albuquerque, New Mexico on April 15th with bags containing his clothes, other possessions, and an envelope filled with the $16,000 in cash he had raised with the help of his family. The Albuquerque Journal reports, agents with the Drug Enforcement Administration got after him and began looking for people who might be trafficking drugs. Hmm. Rivers said the agents questioned passengers at random, asking for their destination and reason for travel. When one of the agents got to Rivers, who was the only black person in his car, according to witnesses, the agent took the interrogation further, asking to search his bags. Rivers complied. The agents found the cash still in a bank envelope and decided to seize it on suspicion that he, it might be tied to narcotics. Ugh. Rivers pleaded with the agents, explaining his situation and even putting his mother on the phone to verify the story. No luck. These officers took everything I had worked so hard to save and even money that was given to me by my family that believed in me, Rivers told the journal. I told the DEA agents, I had no money and no means to survive in Los Angeles if they took my money. And they informed me that it was my responsibility to figure out how I was going to do that. Rivers, who has since returned to Michigan, fell victim to civil asset forfeiture, a legal tool that has been criticized as a violation of due process and contradiction of the idea that criminal defendants are presumed innocent until proven guilty. Asset forfeiture allows police to seize property they suspect is related to criminal activity without charging its owner of a crime. With a crime. The charges are filed against the property itself including cash, jewelry, cars, and houses, which can then be sold with the part of the proceeds flowing back to the department that made the seizure. We don't have to prove that the person is guilty, Sean Waite, the the agent in charge at the DEA's Albuquerque office, told the journal. That money is presumed to be guilty. Wow. (laughs) The burden of proof lies with those whose property is taken, who are often forced to wage costly court battles to prove they came by their possessions legally. That's where Michael Panzer, a San Diego attorney who now represents Rivers, comes in. What this is, is having your money stolen by a federal agent acting under the color of law, Panzer told the journal. It's a national epidemic. If my office got four to five cases just recently, and I'm just one attorney, you know this is happening thousands of times. Panzer is challenging the DEA asset forfeiture on Rivers' behalf and wrote in a letter to Representative John Connors, uh, Democrat Michigan, obtained by the Huffington Post, that Rivers' race played a role in the incident. Conyers' office won't admit on the comment on active litigation. A February report by the Institute for Justice, a libertarian group that focuses on civil liberties, showed how widespread civil asset forfeiture has become. The federal program led to nearly $6.8 billion in seized cash and property from 2008 to 2013, the report says. A series in the Washington Post published last year showed that since 2001, $2.5 billion has been seized in cash alone, all from people who were never charged with a crime and without a warrant being issued. Insane. Yeah. Well, law enforcement officials argue that civil asset forfeiture is an important weapon in fighting the drug trade. <laughs> Stories like Rivers emerge regularly, suggesting that plenty of innocent people have been collateral damage. 
Should I keep going? There's more. Yes. Take the case of Matt Lee, 31, who in 2011 was pulled over by police in Nevada while on the last leg of a cross-country move from Michigan to California. In an ensuing canine search, police discovered $2,400 in cash loaned to Lee by his father. Although officers had no proof of any connection to a crime, Lee had never even been arrested before. They seized the cash and left Lee with $151. Lee later hired a lawyer, and the county eventually agreed to return his money. By then, his legal fees had reached $1,269, leaving Lee with less than half the money that had been taken from him. Civil asset forfeiture isn't just being used to take down big-time drug dealers. A recent study by the Drug Policy Alliance... Yay, that's our friend. On the practice in California found that the average value of state forfeiture in 2013 was $5,145, adjusted to $1992. This number has changed little since 1992, when 94% of state forfeitures involved seizures of $5,000 or less. I don't really understand what that means. Uh, a, a DEA list of recently seized property released on Thursday reflects this trend, listing seizures of a few hundred dollars alongside high-value items and cash. A growing criticism of civil asset forfeiture has led to calls for change in some states. In New Mexico, where Rivers' money was seized, Govern Governor Susana Martinez, uh, Republican, signed a set of reforms last month that will effectively end the most controversial use of the practice by police at state level. In Montana, a new law will scale back civil asset forfeiture by state and local police. But these reforms don't affect the ability of federal agents to seize property under federal rules, meaning we will most likely continue to see stories like Rivers. Oh, yeah. man! They're notorious. They'll see some shit. That scares me so much because I have, I mean... I don't usually travel around with a lot of cash, but um, all of this is costing taxpayers billions. The agencies, the DEA uh, size and operating budgets have swelled since its creation. So in 1973, it had 1,500 employees. And right now, they have 9,200 employees. And they're uh, all assholes. It, yeah, in 1973, <laughs> the budget was $75 million, And now the yearly budget is $2.3 billion. billion. Now, you know what we could do with that money rather than have the, D, the dick, dick in A? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we could use that toward education. I, can you believe it? And, and, and some kind of drug reform. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Reduce there, harm. There's the DEA were, they're, they're just a bunch of henchmen. That's all they are. Yeah. They're a bunch of henchmen created by Nixon. And we're still paying for it, literally. Right. Literally, you know. It's, I, it's scary stuff. And I, it's not helping anybody. I still see, I mean, I see the same guy on O'Farrell when I walk wherever I'm, whenever I'm walking down Leavenworth. I see the same guy on O'Farrell. I've seen him, I've lived there for s almost seven years now in this neighborhood. And I see him every day. And he's still like, I don't know if it's heroin I don't know. It's not straight alcohol. It's something. He's de definitely doing a mix of different things. But I've watched this guy just deteriorate over time. You know. And I'm like, but he's still living. And his body's probably pickled by this yeah, point. <laughs> and I, he's not getting any help. There's not any change. There's no harm reduction. None of the drug laws have helped in any way. Well, the thing is, we, we have a shitty, you know, health care system here. I mean... 
you have a shitty mental i mean we don't have any mental institutions really here we don't have i mean rehabs that if you want a nice rehab it's going to cost you right right right, right you right, know right, there right, is nothing yeah, there's nothing like what they have like in norway or right. um sweden what have you harm reduction the dea's tactics of using arrests prosecutions and incarceration and intrusive undercover work to try to make America drug-free should end. It hasn't worked and won't work. The DEA should be abolished and folded into the FBI. This would be more efficient and better for public safety. If the DEA is not abolished, then its mandate should change to reflect the goal of violence reduction, not drug reduction. Federal drug enforcement should focus on large cases that cross international and state boundaries with a priority toward violent traffickers and major crime syndicates. All other cases should be left to the states. Hell yeah! Congress should audit the DEA to review its operations, expenditures, and actions. No more locking people in cells for five days. Oh, and forgetting about and them. And forgetting about them. Oh my God, he carved sorry mom into his arm with his glasses. That's that is sad. hardcore. That is, uh, he was like, I'm he, dying. He's I'm like, going to die. facing death right now. He drank his pee. <laughs> responsibility for, dr- for determining drug cra- traffic. Blah, blah, blah. Rep- responsibility for determining drug classifications and other health determinants, determinations should be completely removed from DEA and transferred to a health or science agency. You would think, right? awesome so that's our update today from uh our good friends at the drugpolicy.org yeah, yeah thank you uh sharing this that is here we can we can we can listen to it this is the terrible thing the dea did about the 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 decision on uh keeping it schedule one we can we can listen to this this will be fun and exciting All right, DEA punts on marijuana declassification decision. Go four up. Switch three and four. So we're going to switch three and four, and we should be able to play this. Oh, it's... Stir music with an M. Uh, Funny, so the I see that iTunes is up for whatever reason. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, sorry about that, guys. So it's a CBS thing. Why isn't it? Uh, I want it to be playing. It says now playing. Hey, it's not playing. DEA punts on marijuana declassification decisions. DEA has declined to remove marijuana from its list of dangerous drugs in the United States. However, the administration will be increasing research. Don Dollar has more. I'd I'd like it to play, but it's supposed to be a video. I, I think that what's happening is that uh, the CIA took this out well no it's because i don't know how to do things uh, it, we don't have we don't, I don't think we have flash installed on this computer oh, <laughs> so that, that would be, be the issue that would probably be the, the issue it says it's not playing it's not gonna play bummer sorry about that guys so uh that's the news today then from drug policy alliance uh oh here's the actual this is the uh this is the uh press release for Uh, Today, the DEA announced that it was not rescheduling marijuana, in effect refusing to recognize marijuana's medicinal benefits. But in what is viewed as a victory for the marijuana reform movement, the DEA said it was ending its monopoly on marijuana research. Oh, that's great! Not good enough for me. Right, right. Keeping (laughs) marijuana schedule one shows DEA continues to ignore research and places 
politics above science, says Michael Collins, deputy director of national affairs for the Drug Policy Alliance. In reality, marijuana should be descheduled and states should be allowed to set their own policies. One move that was positive was uh, eliminating, eliminating obstacles to research. Ending the DEA-enforced NIDA monopoly is a very welcome move that will enable more research, said Collins. For decades, the DEA has promoted an unjustified monopoly on research-grade marijuana for use in federally approved studies, which effectively made it impossible for scientists to put marijuana through clinical trials to demonstrate it meets FDA standards for medicinal safety and efficacy. Marijuana is the only substance the DEA has prohibited from being produced by private laboratories for scientific research. Although the DEA licenses multiple privately funded manufacturers of virtually all other scheduled drugs, it currently permits just one facility operated by the National Institute on Drug Abuse, NIDA, to supply marijuana to scientists. And NIDA has a long track record of obstructing medical marijuana research by manufacturing intractable delays, providing poor quality research material, and not providing marijuana for multiple FDA-approved studies. The announcement today should really change that. Uh, really uh, should change that. Oh, sorry. It should change that reality. The DEA has been forced to respond to congressional movement on marijuana. The Careers Act, sponsored by Senator Booker, Paul, and Gillibrand, contains provisions to end the DEA-mandated NIDA monopoly. Last year, the Obama administration removed other research barriers that Careers sought to eliminate. Marijuana prohibition ruins thousands of lives every year through meaningless arrests, disproportionately impacting people of color. Thankfully, voters in numerous states are legalizing marijuana through ballot initiatives, and the next administration must move quickly to end federal prohibition and undo this destructive and racially biased policy, added Collins. So, cool. So now we know, but at least on a state level, uh, we know that the ninth court district court judge says, hey, hands off, federal people. Even though the DEA still says, no, we're not letting go. Let me get my hands in this shit. Putting, yeah. their, putting, both, putting both hands right in there. In the cookie jar. In the cookie sn- jar. Snatching it. We're uh, going to take a little break and listen to some cartoon all-stars to the rescue while we... Uh, I have beers today, if you want to drink. Oh, I, you're, you're I got going one. to work. She's going to work. Yeah. I, well, I'm going to have a beer. She's going to have a And we're going to listen to some cartoon all-stars. We're jumping in right now with Alf and, uh, yes. and, uh, Garfield. and Garfield. Oh, it should be playing. Four is four. Butchie alien. An excellent opportunity to be of service. But where's Alvin? Alvin! Easy! There's someone who needs your help! What? Another autograph hound? Come on! Hey! Wait a minute! Put me down! Eddie, my little one! Eddie! Oh, oh my goodness! I'm not late for breakfast, am I? Oh, Pooh, it's perfectly obvious we're trying to wake Cory up, but we're not trying hard enough. Come on down there, you're not pushing. Think, think, think. Perhaps if we wake up Kermit, Kermit will wake up Cory. Sheesh, I hate when that happens. Huh? Huh? Uh, 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 
alarm on a Saturday. a breaking piggy if ever I've heard one. Two sounds you can't miss. A breaking piggy and a sizzle of hot lasagna. I don't like the looks of this. Neither do I. No food in sight. Somebody's coming! Right. There must be 20 bucks in here. Easy. I can't believe it. Corey's own brother? Wally never did this sort of thing to the beef. Michael? It's me. No way. I'm just looking for... Is that my piggy bank? I told you to stay out. It, it fell. I was just trying to fix it. Is he kidding? It fell from my dresser into your room? You took it. And what's in that box? None of business. And keep your hands off. What's all this for? Either someone conducting a major chemistry experiment, or this is a serious no-no. Toto, something tells me we're not in cartoon territory anymore. What's that funny smell? I hate to suggest this, but my guess would be marijuana. An unlawful substance used to experience artificial highs. You are acting really weird. So who asked you? If you wanted some money, you could have said something. Are you feeling okay? What's wrong with your eyes? Nothing. Leave me alone, will you? Michael, you always tell me everything. What's wrong? Michael? That kid's got a one-way ticket to Nowheresville. Simon, this box drugs. Oh, my. Oh, that's bad news. Michael needs our help.
Times like this, you're on your own. Great. It was my first time. Honest. I'll never do it again. Eh, what's up, Doc? Huh? You're not a cop. Okay, you win. You got me dead to rights. I'm not a cop. I'm a rabbit. But just because I got long ears doesn't mean there's nothing in between them. You were running from a rabbit? He's a cartoon. <laughs> Look who's talking. <laughs> You know, kid, you don't look so good. What's this? A joint? So what's the big attraction? I mean, uh, how did you get started, anyway? I started because I wanted to. What do you care? Call it the curiosity, Doc. But if you'll give me that old cause I wanted to routine, maybe you need a little memory refresher. Time machine? <laughs> I borrowed it from some kind of hey, Now let's see here. Where's that instruction manual? That's funny. There's a couple of beers missing. Oh, honey, you probably drank them watching football last night. Who else would take them? Huh. Well, I'm going to start cleaning out the garage. Call me for lunch. Corey, is your brother all right? He's been acting so strange lately. You know, we love you both. And if there's something wrong, we'd like to help. I don't know, Mom. I don't think so. Thanks, hon. Excuse me, but why didn't you tell her? Who? You can talk? <laughs> of course I can. But... You never talked before. Why? I believe you're right. But now I have something to ask, if you please. Why didn't you say you were worried about Michael, too? If I tell and he gets in trouble, he'll blame me. Perhaps. But what will happen to him if you don't tell? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Next stop, two years ago. <laughs> Back here in the AltaCast, uh, I that's, posted. That's him when he was on Adderall. Yeah, that was the, the Adderall <laughs> days. This is the first time this kid smokes. I've uh, put the this video. I attached it to the AltaCast, so it'll be on. It'll Beautiful. all be there, so you guys you can guys watch check it. Check it out. Yeah, it's. Uh, Thank you, Jonathan, again. Yeah, it's. I totally. This is kind of coming back to memory a little bit. Uh, I uh, laughed so hard, and the Smurfs and all of them are in there. It's just, it's just, it's just a good time. You know what, what they were missing in this? Hmm. The H and R Puff and stuff. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> but that's like well, that was more a little 70s. farther 70s. Yeah, 70s. Yeah, that's 70s. But it'd have been funny if they were included in there. Absolutely. Well, it's <laughs> it's it's a great one. Uh, we have one more thing, uh, which is pretty happy. 
Um, this is another press release from the Drug Policy Alliance. Bipartisan asset forfeiture reform bill passes California Assembly, requires conviction in most cases before permanent loss of property. One of the most far-reaching reforms in the United States to protect people's due process and property rights. So this is like indirect uh, coordination with that uh, the forfeiture stuff. So California, we've just passed a bill that says, don't take our shit, yo. Uh, Sacramento, today, civil asset forfeiture reform legislation authored by Senator Holly Mitchell, Democrat Los Angeles, and David Hadley, Republican Torrance, passed the assembly for by a 67 to 7 vote. The bill will require that in all cases where law enforcement sees cash under $40,000, that there be a conviction in the underlying criminal case before that money flows to law enforcement coffers. The same protection would be afforded homes, land, vehicles, regardless of value. Under current law, there is no, not such protection for cases sent into the federal system, and the current threshold for cash in state law is $25,000, established in 1994. So this is great. This means that they can't take my sixteen thousand yeah. dollars. You know, they can't do it. They can't take. It has to be more than forty grand. So that's thanks, California. Senate Bill four four three now heads back to the Senate floor for a concurrence vote before moving to Governor Brown for his signature or veto. Last year, despite strong bipartisan support in the Senate State Senate, law enforcement lobbyists were able to delay the bill in the Assembly, claiming losses in revenue would cripple crime fighting efforts. Uh oh. We're crippled. After extensive <laughs> negotiations with law enforcement associations representing district attorneys, police chiefs, and sheriffs, the authors and proponents of the bill agreed to amendments that would remove most law enforcement opposition. With the amendments taken, a bill that is still considered a very significant reform passed today with overwhelming bipartisan support. This important legislation will drastically reduce the opportunity for police to take money and otherwise harass poor people, immigrants, people of color, and small businesses that work primarily in cash, said Lynn Lyman, California State Director of the Drug Policy Alliance. If Governor Brown signs this bill, it would be one of the most far-reaching civil asset forfeiture reforms in the country and will once again demonstrate that the states are taking the lead to protect people's due process and property rights. Yay, yeah. states! States say, weed is good, and states say, don't take our money. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Well, that's, that's, that's progressive. It's progressive! That's progressive. We, they, shouldn't, people, they shouldn't be able to take our money. SB 443, co-sponsored by the Drug Policy Alliance, ACLU, the Institute for Justice, the Ella Baker Center, and the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights of Los Angeles, was amended last week to require that all cases involving less than $40,000 cash, a home or vehicle, that there be a criminal conviction before assets are deposited into local law enforcement coffers. Data from the U.S. Department of Justice and State Attorney General's Office shows that the majority of cases involve cash under the 40 grand threshold. Civil law forfeiture law or civil asset forfeiture law allows the government to seize and keep cash, cars, real estate, and other properties. While civil asset forfeiture was originally conceived in the 1980s as a way to target and drain resources away from powerful criminal organizations, it has primarily become a method for law enforcement to confiscate the savings and property of those not even charged with any criminal wrongdoing. California law generally requires a conviction before property is permanently forfeited to the government and protects guiltless spouses in a way that federal law does not. Oh, guiltless spouses. I didn't even think of that. 
In the last 20 years since California implemented these protections, many law enforcement agencies chose to exploit a loophole in the law that allows them to transfer cash and property to the federal government, which shares the proceeds from the forfeiture with the local agency, even with no arrest, charge, or conviction. Jesus Christ. What? Okay, how do so, we just get rid of the DEA? That's exactly it. That's what the, the Drug Policy Alliance says. Fold them into the FBI. Yeah, I mean, we already have the yeah. F- FBI, the CIA, which are, both are crooked as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then we have the DEA, which is, as we can see, is crooked as fuck. It's crooked as fuck. So let's lim- eliminate one of those, you know, the DEA first, and then we can fold the rest. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm stoked that we have Melissa Moore on the inside here at Drug Policy Alliance. She's going to be feeding us stuff every week, so we don't have to work so hard. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's also also the fact that we're educating ourselves as well as, I mean. I love drugs. I love, exactly. I love learning about drugs. I love drugs. I love illegal drugs. I stay away from scripts. But I mean, it's also very educational for us to know these things, because though we live in a state like California, you still have you we could still be tried we they i yeah we could still be tried we could still have dea agents bust through mm. just by even listening to this broadcast oh, well, well i hope they're listening people have said that to me before they're like aren't you worried about being such a weird socialist on the air and aren't you afraid of the things that you say no man if they come after me sweet yeah i want them be, to i mean that's a it'd be some great publicity for mutiny radio <laughs> true and also this is, I mean, and I've said it for a long time because I've, I've been a pot smoker and a believer for a long time. It's the one of the only stances that I would be willing to go to jail for. Uh, if, if it really came down to it. Harmless. Because it's harmless. Because I believe, I believe in marijuana. I believe in its medicinal properties. I believe, I mean. It's a science. The CBDA, the CBDA is out now. Do you know that? No, Crazy I Crazy as it, it's, um, Al, uh, Alta California Botanicals is moving ahead with like, crazy new things so cbda the acids of the cbd so it's before the flower state it's in the veg state so the thca was a a pain reliever massive anti-inflammatory totally amazing stuff and the cbda is even better wow so constantly learning this is all about healing by the way this isn't the fun of it right cbd well cbd gives you a body i mean you could take a bunch of cbd and it's like whoa it can be very mood and mind altering but usually it doesn't really do that. Um, and it's the same thing with that THCA. I, if you take enough of it, it can be mood, mood and mind altering. If Absolutely. You take, if you take enough of anything, right, it's going to alter your body. Absolutely. If you drink a lot of coffee, you know. I love coffee. But, but I mean, the fact of the matter is like, it's still scary the fact that, you know, we, we could, anyone is, anyone could go to jail for anything. Yeah, I mean, and that's the that's the real scary thing about it. But I like the fact that I don't mind if they're listening. I don't. I oh, want yeah. them to hear this shit. Listen, because it's kind of like my middle finger to them. Absolutely. Well, we have to come up with a clever name for our DA, D, or our insider Dick. information from the Drug Policy Alliance. Dick. D, DP. Yeah. yeah D. From the see the well, Drug Policy Alliance is there's the DPA. No more DEA. Trust in the DPA. I don't know. See, the cheerleader in you is coming out. Coming out. We've got, <laughs> but we'll have to figure out some clever name for the segment. Oh, uh, totally. Absolutely. So, uh, switching gears, 
how, how was your uh, my week? Your yeah, your universe. Here we'll even we'll change the music so it won't be so trippy and stuff. <laughs> um, it was actually uneventful. You know, I'm getting ready to go to Chicago though next week. I'm pretty excited about that. Ooh. You know. Um, Wait, so what are you doing in Chicago? I am celebrating my birthday. Oh, and, wonderful. Uh, your, your brother you. and your family. And the, With my yeah. family, yeah, and friends. I'm going to kick it and do drugs and have fun and then come back home and be back to reality. So, but... Uh, other than that, my life is pretty boring. Uh, everyone else's seem to be eventful, especially the fact of what's going on this weekend. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> this weekend's going to be crazy, you guys. Yeah, um, noise pop block party. So can we talk about the, the dirty deeds? Yes, Did, I sent can. you that. I sent you that. Okay, so... This Saturday, and this is our fourth year pairing with the Noise Pop Block Party. Since they started, we've been a part of it. And they've been great to us. Um, I love Noise Pop and everything they're doing. Do the Bay, look them up. But this Saturday, it's the Noise Pop Block Party, and there's tons of bands, and it's free. You can There's suggested donation if you want to. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's an amazing, it's amazing event. I won't be able to come either because I work, but uh, Working uh. sucks. But uh, So we're going to be here uh, at the station. The, the Noise Pop Block Party is from noon until 6. But we're actually doing 12 hours of programming. We're starting at 10 a.m. We're having, uh, during Labor and Love, we're going to be doing clothing swap. No holes, no stains. Uh, we've got it all organized. We're going to be doing a clothing swap from 10 to 2. Take what you need, leave what you want. And at 2 o'clock, out of the closet is coming with a big truck, and they're going to take it all away. So purge. Yeah. Get it out of your life. If you haven't touched it in a year, you're probably not going to wear it. <laughs> Bring it to us. It's all going to a good cause. Also, people get to go through things and get what they want. It'll be, be fun. fun. It's going to be fun. So, And while that's happening, we have two live shows going on. We have Labor and Love with the Bee, which is really great. Another socialist event show about uh, labor issues. And then from noon to two, it's Flat Black Plastic with Scotty. And he only spins vinyl. And he puts together the best show. And I told him, like, make it fun party. So he's going to do a fun party DJ, vinyl DJ spin. And um, so I'm excited about that. And then at 2 o'clock, oh, my God, we have art time with Zach Wiseman. Nice. Our favorite stand-up <laughs> is going to be doing art sitting down while doing stand-up. He's sitting down. He's going to be painting live for us on stage, a la Bob Ross. He's, yeah, I was going to say the modern-day Bob Ross. Absolutely, but with a lot more dick jokes. And uh, this is before we're going to put the PA out on the street. I'm not going to have him uh, amplified to the street. I think that's an awful idea. So he's going to be inside, uh, and then we're going to be selling uh, pieces of his art for $5 a piece. Uh, money goes to the station, which we need. You know that. And then we're all going to destroy them on the street. We're going to get the... I'm going to have the barbecue all heated up so people can burn them if they want oh. to rip them into tiny pieces and burn them or if they want to find new ways of destroying Zach Wiseman's art. Uh, I can't wait. I hope he paints an American flag. Oh, I have no idea what he's so going to do. That way we could just burn that too. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that would be... See, now that would be really clever. I should tell him to, to do that. Uh, then from 3 to 3.45, I'm so excited because I have the opportunity to uh, interview the Boulevards and they're one of their main stage performers. Uh, they're a local band and they're super funky and super rad and they're going to play some music live and we're going to do an interview that's going to be like, you know, Pam Benjamin style. So meaning... I'm laid gonna, back and chill. Laid back and chill, but I'm going to ask some weird fucking questions. Like I'm going to do a lot of research, but then I'm going to be like, so... 
you know, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? And have you ever been a part of group sex? You know, things yeah. like that or whatever. Who would win in a fight, a taco or a mashed potato? That's a great question. <laughs> and why? Um, so that's from 3 to 3.45. Then from 4 to 4.30, um, Madeline Kenny, another one of the main stage performers, is going to be doing an intimate set here with us on the mission statement. And then from uh, 4.45 until... 5.45, um, really cool band Livetronica is going to be playing for Mission Statement. They're also going to be interviewed. At 6 o'clock, we have this um, booked open mic that's going to have poetry and literature and all this stuff. It's only $5. It's going to be a really great time. It's being curated by Common Thread Collective and Val Ibarra, so that's going to be awesome. And then from 8 to 10, we have a comedy show Yay, that I'm putting together. And... Um, yeah, so it's 12 hours of mayhem and awesomeness. So that's what that's what we're doing, and and we're all on the schedule of noise pop, and we're we're on their map, and it's great. And I've got all these flyers, and we're all ready. But this is the shady shit. <laughs> wait for it. Wait for it. Wait, wait for it. So I walk in to Bender's favorite bar, where I've had my where I've had my, my home away from home, where I've had my flyers up for the longest time flyers are up for the noise pop event yes everybody knows about it but i walk in there and what do i see i see a poster for radio valencia that they're gonna have their sixth anniversary party at the box factory right in between mutiny radio and the noise pop block party they're going to be having a party half a block from us (laughs) usurping all the work i've done (laughs) like shady little motherfuckers they're like, oh, Pam did a bunch of work to have a bunch of people be here. Well, we're just going to jump right in on that. Oh, noise pop's a thing. And really, you choose that venue that on day. that day not, to have your sixth anniversary party? Not a Friday or a Sunday. Well, it's just during the noise. I mean, I understand that it's during the noise pop block party, but I already got that gig. I'm working with them, and you skeezy motherfuckers are trying to take away what I've worked for for four years. Why didn't you come to me and we could have done something together on the 20th? We could have had it all here, live, on the radio. Collaboration. A collaboration. And people go, well, why don't you collaborate with them? And I'm like, because they're fucking stealing my thunder. I'm not going to collaborate. They didn't come to me. They didn't ask for collaboration. No one asked for collaboration. They just picked up and said, oh, well, they're doing this. Well, we'll do this too. Fucking, I've never, I'm not going to go to one of your parties and have a party next door and be like, I'm going to have a comedy show for Mutiny Radio right next door to Radio Valencia when you guys are having an event. Who the fuck that's, does that? That's, I, I have to say, you know, I understand business a little bit, but that is some shady shit. I just have to throw that out there. That's some shit. It, it's, it's the thing is, it's not about having a pissing contest. That's the thing. And, it, it, and it, it's about having a collaboration. And especially in the same neighborhood, you know. And the thing is, like working together, you 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 have you have more progress that way. And that way, the festival I don't believe gets that though. You but, know what? I have a trouble with collaboration because a people don't ask me to collaborate with them, and then when they do, I end up doing all the work. You know what? I don't like collaborating with people because I'm going to end up doing all the work anyways, and then they get the credit. Fuck them. What, what, but what I'm saying is, rather than just creep creep up and be like hey we're gonna do this rather than like not ask your permission but be like hey you know here's an idea that we can do blah 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 and that's it yeah they could have worked they they didn't have to choose to be i mean now i know who my enemies are 
I'm like, oh, we're enemies? The, I didn't line, know we were enemies. The line has been drawn. I didn't know we were enemies. Oh, really? You're bringing a war so right? You, you put it right in my face? Who the fuck are you people? What the fuck is wrong with you? Are these, is it cute for them to, to I mean, I guess I, the only thing I can do is take it as a compliment. I think it's just rude. It is just rude. I and think it's just The rude. only thing I can do is take it as a compliment because I've done so much work on my own and done it and been so successful. And as a group, they have to usurp that and have a party half a block from... Not a full block. <laughs> like, really? Really? The only thing I can do is take it as a compliment that I am such a formidable force. But they could have asked. They could have said something. It's so fucking backhanded and shady. I have so little respect for everything they're doing now. I used to say all the time, oh yeah, Radio Valencia, listen, hey, there's plenty of room in the podcast sphere for all of us. This is what you do? And I've never attacked anyone. I'm the nicest person. It seems like now there's like a duel of two parts of the festival, which that's not, that's not fun. That's not fucking fun at all. They're in between us and the festival and... It sucks because we're they're not on the map. They're going to confuse people. It's, that's because what I'm talking Radio about. Valencia, people are going to get that far down and be like, oh, because this, we're on the map and it's exactly, Mutiny Radio and it's another radio about. thing. It's another that's radio thing. That's what I'm thing. talking yeah. about. Exactly. That's it what basically, I'm talking about. fuck you, Radio Valencia. <laughs> fuck you. I was waiting for fuck it. Fuck you, Box Factory. Was, fuck you. I was waiting for fuck it. you, little assholes. Do something on your own. Don't piggyback on the work that I've been doing. How dare you, you lazy motherfuckers. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. But other than that, hey, everybody, come to the Noise Pop Block Party. Please. It's going to be great. Yeah, this has been a plan for a while. I've been this working is every on this year. all summer. I've yeah. been working on this since the beginning of June. When we had our lovely guests come in. Yeah, Kellyanne. Yeah, Kellyanne came in back in the early, in June. In June. She's lovely. And that was when the advertising so started. That's so, when I the mean, advertising started. So it's just like, that, I, I don't know. know. That's just, it's just rude. It's rude. It's like, it's coming over to someone's house empty handed and then destroying shit. Yeah. That's what it's like. It's just like, how yeah. dare you? Yeah. And I didn't even invite your ass. I didn't even invite <laughs> But uh, I, so it will happened. be a great success. It's going to be, I There'll really be think bl- it's going to be a grand success. It's going to be a great success. I think it's all going to work out. We've got the main stage people that are going to be here. I've got, I've got every minute like meticulously detailed about when the chairs go out, when they come in, people who are talking about the station, trying to get new shows, people are going to be walking around with the flyers at the event, getting people to come here. Um, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm taking some more flyers today. Thank you. Since my yellow ass won't be able to show up. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm, I'm kind of pissed though. I wanted to go. I know. I, I, it's ah, like, fucking work. I know. Work is poopy. And plus, if like if we have a duel against Radio Valencia, I would like to draw the line and be part of that I, challenge. I'm not gonna do anything. I know. I mean, I'm gonna be here all day working and. I, I don't have time to fight evil. I have only time to do good. I just don't have the time. You but fight the evil fact, with words. The thing that they would do this, this is a personal, this is a personal attack. This is a personal <laughs> attack on Pam Benjamin. Why are we attacking Pam Benjamin? What have I ever done to anybody except provide a great space where we can do comedy and have fun and have rentals and, and to have podcasts and say whatever the fuck we want? What have I done? Why am I so threatening? I don't make any money. I don't, I don't make 
I'm like barely scraping by and I put everything into this place and what people don't like that like there's some like they find that like I'm sorry that I'm sacrificing my life for the art that I fucking believe in and then you want to attack me do what you, the fuck? Do you really think this is a... I, I don't think it's a personal attack. I think it's a personal attack. Oh. They chose the day. They chose the Box Factory, which is a person who used to be part of Mutiny Radio. Oh, so, I see, I see. Uh, this is uh, all a personal fuck you to Pam Benjamin. That's what it is. I, I mean, that's... What else is it? I mean, I'd love to go over there and be like, hey guys, congratulations on your sixth anniversary, fuckballs. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I've been in this space for eight years. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I just But the festival will be great and fun. It's gonna be so fun. It's gonna be rad. It's gonna be really cool. And a lot of weed. <laughs> oh, all the time, every day, every day. Uh, <laughs> let's listen to some more of Cartoon Rescue. <laughs> Cartoon All Stars of the Rescue. I need so to that I don't skin. kill anybody. I'm not. I'm not gonna kill anybody. I'm just. Snap. I'm just We're, disappointed and sad, and I'm confused because the fact of me mentioning this is rather to vent and get it out now rather than the day of. Because during the day of, I'm gonna be busy. I'm not gonna yeah, give a fuck the, about what they're doing. There's not gonna be any time for this bullshit. But at the same time, that's just fucking rude. Don't do stuff like that. Yeah. Don't do that. That's why make business. enemies. Why make enemies with me? They just Radio Valencia. I used to say good things about them. They just made an enemy of me. They they turned what could have been an asset into an enemy. Why do you want an enemy? But I won't even be an enemy. I'll just if they ever ask me to do anything, I'll say, hey, fuck you guys. Fuck <laughs> you for the noise pop thing. You guys are dicks. Now I'm not working with you. I'm not helping you in any way. I'm not giving you any of my multiple gifts and abilities and spaces and time. I'm not giving you anything. Except I just gave him a bunch of airtime, so. Fuck <laughs> Don't listen to them. Here's Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue, uh, more anti drug propaganda from 1990. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's so totally cool. What am I doing down here? <laughs> Mike, you fell. What happened? What oh is no. It? This is the Tears in the Half Shell part. They're down in the cellars, the ooze. They're in the secret of the ooze. And Michelangelo is. Drugs there. don't do anything to your brain. They just make you feel good, right, Mikey? Right. Oh, dude, if you're taking his word for it, you're really in trouble. Better see for yourself. Well, what are you talking about? This. Where am I? Where? Oh, okay, so now they're on, um, the Muppet Babies are there, and he just got a new car for Drugs can take you up and make you feel okay for a while. Yeah, I'll say.
what they do to your brain, Michael. Actually, this is just one artist's conception. Inside me? This is what's happening inside me? Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> we just took a hit off with some of our From the DuckTales. Oh, man. Mm. I gotta get off of these drugs. Drugs? Oh, bad news, Michael. Why don't you just say no? Well, maybe it's because I don't want to. Maybe it's because you don't know how. Let's show him how to say no. This is the best song ever. Well, you look like three fine lads. You know, I might have something here you'd like to try. Something to make you feel real good. Here. I'm a little girl and I don't understand, but I told you. She's a little, she's a little fucking snitch. I just want it to be like it was before. Yeah, well, it's not like it was. So get out of here. And if you say a word to mom or dad. Ow, you're hurting me. Oh, 
her against a wall. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Pesky brat, you did the right thing. Well, I don't know. She is my little sister. I, I don't know what's right anymore. I'm not in very good shape. You look great. Would I lie to you? Well, you are. If that's me, I'm in serious trouble. All right. Once you got Alf back, I mean, come on. Uh, I think I remember this now. It's all coming back. <laughs> no. No way. I'm back. Uh, I, I love all those cartoon characters. Yeah, so I grew up with all of that. The, uh, the next place that the cartoon art stars go, they go to the Dungeons and Dragons. Do you remember the Dungeons and Dragons yes. show? Yes. I, my mom CBS. wouldn't let me watch it. That was on CBS. She wouldn't let me watch it as a kid because it was satanic. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Satanism, we actually have an idea. Um, Ian Levy and uh, and uh, Matthew Odegaard, he's uh, going to be our dungeon master. We were thinking about having a 10-week <coughs> Dungeons & Dragons campaign on the air. Wow, really? So we would have three comics, uh, one dungeon master, or either, maybe four comics and a dungeon master. Uh and then we're gonna do it on, live on air for ten weeks and do a campaign, which is <coughs> gonna be, I think, a lot of fun. I told him I don't have time until uh, September to get it started, but Dungeons and Dragons, fun times. It's basically like writing a story with your friends and then rolling dice competitively. I've never played. <laughs> it's you have to like, you know, you choose your character and you make a story and then. The Someone's dun- the dungeon master. The dungeon master sort of like takes you to other places. He's the one who sort of guides the story and what's happening. And, and he's like the the master story weaver. But I don't even know. I don't know if I'd be an, an elf or I'd probably want to do be a healer, magician healer person, you know? So like <laughs> heal everybody once they, if they get hit by arrows. I'm like, oh, you have mass healing. I'm Something healing like you. That. Yeah, I'm Lay your hands on me. Definitely healing you. Uh, other things going on in the world uh we still i'm really happy that we haven't mentioned he who should not be named orange face today uh, our good friend orange face <laughs> didn't really hear anything new in the news this week about him which was yeah. nice um actually i did oh 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 here we go okay what did old orange face do um, this week he um fired a bunch of uh of his staff and Ooh. that um what's his name paul manafort who is um uh, basically, his, um, um, I guess, campaign advisor was demoted. So he's got um, Trump hired a bunch of crazies. <laughs> and now um, he ro- he hired uh, Roger Ailes, who is that um, horrible job of the huck looking motherfucker from um, Fox News that was accused of sexually harassing oh, all those women oh. at Fox News. And so Trump hired him as oh, his uh, political advisor. No, so, no. Um, but that's yeah. almost as bad as this news. Um, this the news is here on Yahoo, Uh-oh. and it's stupid to start with. It says Phelps gets testy when swarmed by TV crew. Let the man swim. He's tired. Let him swim and collect gold medals. What do you got? got a, what are you swarming him for? And then right underneath it, it's buy one, take one is back only at Olive Garden. Are you serious? It's on the news. It's on the front page. How much do they have to pay for this? Really? That's a, nothing about the Baton Rouge, like, no. floods or anything? No, no, no. NASA needs help uh, redirecting an asteroid. We're all going to die. 
Naz needs money. Yeah, uh, this is a happy one. Tiger saves handler from charging leopard sneak attack. Yikes. That's pretty cool. Uh, four-year-old found beaten and abused says she thought her name was Idiot, according to police. Whoa. Okay, that's that's, that's someone it. That's, that's the top. Those are the top. Nothing about... There's people flooded in Louisiana. Nothing about that. Nothing about that. I drilled him perfect. American hunter ignites uproar by killing Canadian bear with spear. Nothing about Milwaukee on fire Nothing. with the police shooting? Toddler suffers gruesome injury from falling groceries at Virginia's Sam's Club. There's nothing, yeah. Nothing about uh, Olympians getting robbed and stuff in Brazil? Nope. Nope. All right. Good job, Yahoo. Really good news. Good journalism right there. Right. Yeah. Uh, how about this? This is one online dating. Uh, this is what online dating is like when you're not gorgeous or ugly, but average. <laughs> this is news, guys. Okay, so the, the, the moral to this story is don't go to Yahoo News. Yeah, you're not going to get anything. Let's go to you get more out of TMZ than this shit. Yeah, right? Seriously. <laughs> and that's... And they won't even have an Olive Garden commercial. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Breadsticks, y'all. Well, I mean, and I love forever breadsticks, but they're really just that crappy take and bake stuff. I mean... It's because our palates have matured. Ah. Ooh, which news uh, form should we go to? Oh, Suicide yes, Squad. I love Trump posts. recruits fresh posse of poison. <laughs> Manafort demoted. Breitbart yep. News chairman named campaign CPO follows weeks of gnawing agitation over his advisor's attempts to temper his style. Ailes advising on debates. Second shakeup in two months. 82 days till election. RC Insider. RNC Insider. It's a bad joke that keeps getting worse. See, this is why I love Huffington Post. This is what I read every day. Yeah, this is, I mean, all of this is very scary to me. Uh, And this, and they put dumb things on the side though, too. They do. 26 tiny tattoos for guys to sneak onto their bodies. Okay, that's retarded. CNN commentator's turd tornado comment makes an ass out of Trump. That's cute. This one's a very important story about Edna, CEO. Aetna CEO threatened Obamacare pullout if Fed's opposed mega merger. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Very important story. I was reading about that. Under Governor Christie, Trump Casino suspiciously dodged millions in back taxes. Duh. Did you see the most hilarious movie with Johnny Depp? Yes, I've seen, I've seen it already. Yeah. I, I cry. I laugh so hard. I cried. <laughs> and then I laugh harder and I. I'm so loving Johnny Depp right now and so, for his brave interpretation of Donald Trump doing Donald Trump. I mean, the, the irony is in that film is it is so deep and so amazing. It I, is. Yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious. I, I thought so it was funny. hilarious. Loved it. it. I have a sense of point. humor, so I... Uh, Johnny Depp needs a sense of humor right now. Poor guy's going through it. Well, I shouldn't say poor guy. But it's a wife beating her? Really? Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a tape of him like yelling and stuff at her, but who doesn't yell at their wife or husband? I don't know. It's not important. Trump, if the economy is gonna explode, let it happen quick. Quickly, <laughs> you dumb fuck. <laughs> Quickly, okay? He it's doesn't... an adverb. It's modifying a verb. It's accentuating a verb. You use the term quickly. Quick. You speak badly. <laughs> Wait, wait. Last week, 
when he was in Detroit speak, speaking, instead of saying cities, he said titties. Oh, wonderful. Well, we know he loves the titties. So there's going to be a financial crisis. Donald Trump, it wants it to happen sooner rather than later. So a potent Trump presidency doesn't take the blame, he said in remarks at a rally earlier this year that were overlooked at the time. GOP nominee speaking in Salt Lake City in March warned that high interest rates and everything else was bound to lead to a financial explosion. Let it happen quickly, he pleaded. Okay, so he, let's see if what he said, if he said quickly or quick. <laughs> We're going to check uh, what he He can't said. talk. Oh, he... He, speak, he says... Oh, here we go. I don't care. If we're not going to do it right, I don't care. I'll go and I'll, you know, live it out and I'll build buildings and I'll have some fun and I'll kick the bucket. That'll be the end. I'll be just fine. You understand. I don't care. We're going to do it right, folks. We're going to do it right. Just like we've done here. They said, one of these pundits said the other day, well, I don't know how Donald Trump will do about Hillary. And then they said, oh, wait a minute. He went 17 people, all senators, all top people, senators, governors, knocked them off like on a weekly basis, right? Boom. And I knocked them off. They didn't fall off. I knocked them off. And that's why, you know, there are some bad feelings, but I understand that. It'll take him a I, couple I, of days I, I, to me, recover. Me, me. But look, mm -hmm. knocked them off. So they said if he knocked off 17 people, highly distinguished, big senators, big governors, why isn't he going to beat Hillary? And I asked that same question also. I asked that same question also. So we're going to have great success. The polls are already showing it. They hate to say that, but the polls are already showing it. We're going to have fantastic success. And here's what we're going to do. We're sitting on a bubble like you've never seen. And I hope it doesn't explode when I'm president. If it's going to explode, let it be a couple of days early. You know, I'll be in there for two weeks. The bubble explodes. They'll say, oh, it was Trump's fault. No, I don't want that. We are sitting on a bubble, and it's a very dangerous bubble right now. You take a look. With what they're doing with interest rates, we have free money, everything else. It's a very, and what does free money mean? Free money means people that saved all their lives and thought they were going to live off the interest they're getting. They're not getting any interest, folks. They're not getting any interest. So we're sitting on a big, fat, ugly bubble. At some point, unless we act quickly and smartly, it's going to explode. You need the right people in there. You have the wrong people in there right now. Yeah, the Republican Party. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm, I'm start, scared. I'm starting I'm to get a little bit him. more. I'm, I'm scared get, of him. I'm starting to get more confident. In, in Hill Dog? Yeah. Just because the fact that even the Republican Party are slightly trying to take steps back, not saying that Paul Bitch-Ass Ryan and Mitch the Turtle McConnell are going to like take away their bid or his bid or what have you, but a lot of other people in the Senate, the Republican Senate, are backing away from him. You know, they want to pull out. They want to pull out his endorsements and what have you. So... Uh, I mean, well, Americans are dumb and we're believing everything. What is scary to me here, July 2016th was the hottest month ever recorded. I wish I would have felt that. The hottest month since at least 1880 continues a streak of record smashing temperatures. If July felt tremendously hot, it's because it was. NASA and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, two leading global authorities on climate, say July 2016 was not only the hottest July on record, but the most sizzling month in the history of record keeping. NOAA on 
Wednesday said July's global average temperature was 62.01 degrees, 1.57 degrees above the 20th century average. NASA, which uses a slightly different methodology, said Monday the average global temperature in July was 1.51 degrees above average. Both agencies pegged July as the hottest month since monitoring monitoring began in 1880. Well, that's scary. The record continues as global hot streaks. Uh, the record continues a global hot streak that scientists have linked to global warming, with average temperatures continuing to climb as extreme weather events occur more frequently. The July data underscores the fact that man's role in climate change is no longer subtle, said Michael Mann, a climate scientist at Pennsylvania State University. We are seeing them play out in the daily headlines. And this is yet the latest example, man told HuffPost in an email. And you can see how hot things uh, have, it's crazy. There's areas that, uh, the, like the, I guess that's maybe the Gobi Desert here. There's a really super hot area. There's hotter air, wow. Uh, oh, I'm looking at this map and it's really scary. Like, oh, wow. Everything was nice in San Francisco, though. We're in the nice uh, July. So, like in the Ar- near the Arctic, especially. Yeah, it's which hotter is, than it's ever been. It's 7.7 really degrees. Yeah, terrible stuff. July's high topples the previous record set in July 2015, the month of July when the seasonal temperature cycle peaks in the northern hemisphere, usually sees the highest global temperatures, according to NASA. NOAA said last month marks the 15th month in a row which global heat records have been broken. That continues the longest streak of record-breaking temperatures since the report began. NASA, which analyzes weather data from 6,300 locations around the world, considers July 2016 to be the 10th consecutive record-setting month. Mm-hmm. By either tally, the trend is disturbing and has no end in sight. That's pretty scary. Yeah. It's bad news. And then you- Polar ice caps melting. Polar bears have nowhere to live. And you still have non-believers. Non-believers. Global temperatures between 1.62 degrees and 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit above historic averages. 2015 easily topped 2014 as the Earth's hottest year in recorded history. International Climate Report described Earth's annual physical this month found that devastating dose of long-term climate change combined with a strong El Nino in 2015 left seemingly every other major climate record on the books shattered. And, and we're crazier this year. Gavin Schmidt, director of NASA's Goddard University of Space Studies, said in a statement that it appears almost certainty that 2016 will go down as the warmest year on record. Given that and the fact that July is usually the hottest month of the year, this record isn't too surprising. Kevin Trenberth, a distinguished senior scientist at the National Center for Atmospheric Research, said to HuffPost, perhaps most concerning Georgia Tech climate scientist Kim Cobb told the Associated Press that Global te- temperatures continue to warm, even as record-breaking El Nino event has finally released its grip. El Nino, a phenomenon highlighted by warmer-than-usual sea surface temperatures in the equatorial, equatorial Pacific, is capable of changing weather around the globe, and last year's was the strongest El Nino event the globe has ever experienced since at least 1950, according to an NOAA-led report. In 2015, Earth experienced declining global ice and snow cover, harmful effects on Arctic animals and fish species, widespread coral bleaching, and extreme weather events, including a record-breaking cyclone season, flooding, severe droughts, and fires. 
Jesus Christ. Yay. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Good. Great. Awesome. Well, and and Trump is 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 bringing ah, it all together. You said it. I did. I said it earlier. I already said it, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, now we're at the point uh, where scrolling down where it's all orange face. I, I do say, though, I read Huffington Post, like, every day. They get a little bit too Trump crazy. Oh, absolutely. You know. It's, I mean, they're, start, they're like, suicide squad. <laughs> Fear. Fear. Death. Scary. Old white people coming to get you. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, oh, I read about this. Read the hair. That, the, when? The Win hair product? Yeah, when the Los Angeles hairstylist Chaz Dean pitched his almond, mint, and lavender scented hair care products endorsed by celebrities like Brooke Shields and Alyssa Milano, he sold millions. This formula got an unexpected result, itching, rashes, even hair loss in large clumps in both adults and children. It smells good that way. More than 21,000 complaints have been lodged against his Wen hair care, and Mr. Dean, the blue-eyed, golden-haired stylist of the stars, has found himself at the center of a fierce debate over the government power to ensure the safety of cosmetics industry, about 50 billion in annual sales. Whoa. Santa Monica, California-based national distributor of Mr. Dean's hair care line, is part of a beauty care trade association that has been aggressively lobbying Congress to block the passage of new tough legislation that would give the Food and Drug Administration the authority to test ingredients used in cosmetics and issue mandatory recalls for products found to be unsafe. The fight has pitted smaller, independent players against the giants of beauty products industry. I mean, this is insane. So the beauty products you're wearing make you look ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, we don't want those laws. I, you know what? The thing is, the scary thing is, it's just like you hear about the things, especially like I'm into cosmetics and stuff. Wow, everything is organic. Where it's right. just like, no, it's not. When you're reading the back of some of these products that say organic, it's almost like you have to read the the back of an orange juice to see. Right. Is there propylene glycol? In exactly. <laughs> you have to be so? very cautious now because though these products may cost over 20 bucks for like some shampoo, the materials they put in the a lot of these products are very cheap. Huh. You know, and it's, you know... As someone that I, I am, I like my makeup. I like my high-end, you know, shampoos sometimes. Lancome. They exactly. had a special Lancome yeah. gift set this weekend. <laughs> You've been paying attention. I saw it in the I saw it in the <laughs> New York Times. I was like, damn, girl, you only got to spend thirty-five bucks and you get like a ton of, a ton shit. of shit. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, like with with the a lot the wind thing started with like a, the infomercials, the late right, night absolutely. infomercials. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so that's how they get these people, you know, and yeah. they suck them in. You know, you have to be careful with what you're putting on your skin. Right. It is, and I don't care if it is Brooke Schiltz speaking for it, because you know that bitch ain't using it. No, of course you not. You know Rihanna ain't using Maybelline. No, 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 they're not. They're just, they're, uh... They're just the face and the image. People don't realize there's an effectively no regulation of cosmetics, said Representative Frank Pallone Jr., Democrat of New Jersey. He, along with Ms. Feinstein and Ms. Collins, pushed to strengthen a 1938 law that was passed to regulate the pharmaceutical industry but contained two pages that addressed cosmetics, leaving it essentially unregulated. So here is this 38 law. It's the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act uh, from 1938. <laughs> Before World War II. Right? Uh, 
The term... Oh, this is difficult. Da, 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 da. What does it say about person food? The term drug... Give, show me... Tell me about cosmetics. The term counterfeit drug. The term device. Labeling. Label. Show me cosmetics. New drugs. Uh, pesticide chemicals. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> it's like... Yeah, that I it's it's too hard to wade through because it's legalese, you know what I mean? But um food additive, it's, there's got to be something here about. See, this is why I wish I had the balls to like go all on natural a little bit. Saccharin. Oh, the term saccharin includes calcium saccharin, sodium saccharin, and ammonium saccharin. The term infant formula means a food which purports to be or is represented for special dietary use solely as a food for infants by reason of its simulation of human milk or its suitability as a complete or partial substitute for human milk. You know that they, um, corn syrup in, uh, let's see, corn syrup, uh, in, in formula, uh, corn syrup in formula. I want to see if they corn syrup in formula parenting. So it, it, I mean, it, this, this 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 exists, which is scary. So if it's suitable for children food, but everybody feeds their kids corn syrup now, can you imagine? Ugh. Like, uh, yeah, all the corn syrup fructose. It, this is a little website on parenting that tells you um, where you know corn syrup. What's going to oh. After I read your advice to avoid high fructose corn syrup and soda, I discovered the label of my infant formula lists corn syrup as the second ingredient. Should I be mm. concerned? Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Very Reading concerned. Infant. Oh, God. What are these people doing? Well, it's because of the 1938 law where it says all you have to do is put infant formula. Like, it's suitable for, you know, Ugh. milk. Not. Corn syrup is bad. Uh, as said in the earlier column, corn syrup should be avoided. In fact, this has become such a concern among pediatricians that I routinely talk to children as young as five about looking for the bad word on food labels, corn syrup. It's not too bad for adults and older children to have in limited quantities, but in my opinion, corn syrup has no place in infant nutrition. No. And here's why. It's an artificial sweetener. HFCS can make children fat. Too much HCSF, can high fructose corn syrup, can lead to serious health problems. And it shapes young tastes in a bad way. And he goes into to things about it. So, hey, guys. Watch your formula. Well, watch what the government is saying. I mean, they're saying we're, we're eating and putting things on our face and all this stuff into a 1938 law. I mean, we could be doing anything. And marijuana is bad. And, but marijuana is bad, okay? Right. Exactly. See, that this whole art, yeah. All comes back around. Well, anyways, don't use... When, when hair care. Yeah, stay away from that 1 a.m. infomercial. Yes. <laughs> My ex-husband once bought one of those things that was like, make money in real estate super fast. Oh, no. And he bought it, and it came in the mail, and I'm like, how much did you pay for this? Oh, He's like, no. I can take it back. I'm like, send it back now. And yes. it got really difficult. They didn't want you to send it back. Like, when they say money back, guarantee you. They don't really. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. But I made him take it back. I'm like, don't you ever do that again. See, infomercials get the, the best of the suckers. Absolutely. Yeah. And don't buy your don't buy your beauty products on it off an infomercial. I just have to say that. Right. I don't, mean, don't buy our pawn either. It's it's, it's, it's it's a it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. It, it's better than you go. It's go to the store and touch it and feel it and read the back of the content. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's 
you know, speaking from someone that has worked in the cosmetic industry, it's very important to read what your skin can take. And a lot of these cosmetics, dude, are dangerous to yep. an extent, you know. I, you know, just be cautious. Just okay? be cautious. That's all I just say. know that the government does not have your back. No. Okay? The DEA is not out to help you. No. The FDA is not out to help you. Who are they? they nobody's, they're, don't listen to the lies. This has been the AltaCast. Yeah. You've been listening to the Sheriff of Truth, LaToya, <gasps> and uh, Pam Benjamin. Thank you again to Melissa Moore of the Drug uh, Policy Alliance. Thank you. Go look them up, drugpolicy.org, uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week here on the AltaCast. See you radio. Come this Friday to Noise Pop. Don't believe the hype or the fakers. <laughs> of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. Yeah.
Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. To hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Oh. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy? 
crazy pothead's gonna come up with next. Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. happy hour what could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index.